I'm Michael R. Malley, and this is Fresh Green Blessings, reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother Earth eyes. Welcome again to Fresh Green Blessings, and I'm Michael R. Malley. And I'm Ollie Ren Erickson Malley. And today on Fresh Green Blessings, we will have a reading from uh, Matthew, a verse from chapter 25, and then we'll have a little Buddhist story and a quote from an Eastern Orthodox Christian monk, tying that together. Uh, and as per usual, we'll have the mindfulness bell, the Tibetan singing bowl. That's an invitation to be present, enjoy the sound of the bell. And we'll begin with Ollie reading the verse from Matthew. I'll then have a short reading and then a little Dharma talk. And then Ollie will have some uh, further thoughts and questions at the end. Enjoy the Bible reading. Enjoy the sound of the bell. Enjoy the reflection. Enjoy the moment. The reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 43. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. There is a Tibetan Buddhist story of people throwing stones at a dog. One of the stones hits the dog in the leg. Immediately, a revered Buddhist master who is present cries out in pain. As the people look, they see a welt rising up on the leg of the monk. Not only does this cause the people to have even greater respect and reverence for the master, it also causes them to treat that dog and other dogs with greater kindness. Lest we miss the message of this story, the greatest effect is not on the Buddhist monk or on the dogs. The greatest effect is on the people themselves. The stone-throwing incident and the lesson of the monk's welt and pain lead the people to grow in compassion. Many of us engage in a lifelong quest to answer the questions of who is, was this Jesus of Nazareth. Just as in the story of the two followers who did not recognize Jesus on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, we may be fascinated by questions of how this Jesus is mystically, metaphysically, spiritually present in our world. When and where is Jesus truly here? 
as proclaimed in Matthew 25, there is both exhilaration and warning in the presence of the Christ, in the prisoner, the stranger, the naked, and the sick. Such quests and cautions and percolations may be worthy fodder for reflection as we walk the spiritual path, but Matthew 25 may also serve as a simple and profound teaching that is exemplified in the Eastern Orthodox Christian tradition. A 20th century Christian monk writes of what happens to one who engages in continuous prayer and spiritual practice. He writes, When grace is energized in the heart of the one who prays, then the love of God floods his entire being to such an extent that this love is transferred to the love of the world and the human person. His love becomes so powerful that he asks to take upon himself all the suffering and unhappiness of the others so that they themselves may be relieved. He suffers with those who are suffering, even for the suffering of animals, so much so that he sheds bitter tears when he becomes aware of their pain. These are attributes of love. It's found in the book, The Mountain of Silence. What is the practice of Christianity? To welcome the stranger, to give clothing to the naked, to visit the sick and imprisoned, to do all this with compassion for the other. What is the practice of Christianity? To so grow in compassion that we cry bitter tears when the dog is struck with a stone. To so grow in compassion, to so take on the suffering of the other, that when a dog is struck with a stone, a welt rises on our own leg. In the full reading of this text from Matthew 25, and by the way, this is found only in Matthew's Gospel. There's no parallel story in Mark, Luke, or John. But in this story, um, Jesus says, tells a story of, of, of some who were told, um, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you cared for me. And the people ask, when did we do that? Well, when you did that for the stranger, for the imprisoned, for the sick, for the naked, you did it for me. And he tells the others that you did not visit me in prison. You did not clothe me when I was naked. Um... You did not care for me when I was sick. And again, they ask, well, when didn't we do that? When didn't we take care of you, Master? 
when you didn't do that for the other. It's an incredible challenge to take that perspective, that view, to look at, let's say, a homeless person. You know, we live in a mid-sized city, Columbus, Ohio. Um, you get off the exit ramp of the interstate, and nine times out of ten, there's somebody standing there with their cardboard sign. Do I have the compassion, the concern that I should for this other human being along the side of the road? I worked with the homeless years ago in Ireland, and um, most of the men that I worked with were alcoholic. Many of them had mental health issues. And I knew that the money that they would go out and beg for, they would just use to buy alcohol. And I don't typically, myself, I don't typically give money to a homeless person who's on the street. Um, I've been told by those who are close, closer to the homeless than I am that oftentimes, like that experience in Ireland, that that money will just go towards the alcohol or drugs. But regardless of whether I'm giving any money or not, regardless of that decision, how am I looking at them? Or am I even looking at them? Just sort of out of the corner of my eye. And what is it? What is it that we're being asked? I note in this story that the Eastern Orthodox monk and the Buddhist monk are people who have devoted much of their lives to meditation, to prayer, to spiritual practice. And I try and devote time to spiritual practice. But a question arises in my mind for myself. Um, how compassionate am I? How much 
is my care beyond me or the people immediately around me? A Tibetan Buddhist teacher named Dogo Kansai Rinpoche, he said, how often is your lifting the fork full of food to your mouth? Are you doing that? How often are you doing that with a sincere desire that this food were going into a hungrier stomach than your own? It seems like in the world at this time there's so much tumult. So much fear, so much anger, so much worry, so much anxiety, so much pain. And perhaps, like most people, So much of my life energy gets wrapped up in Michael's pain, Michael's worries, Michael's anxiety. Michael's suffering. So much of it gets wrapped up in the mirror. And there's so much suffering out there with which we do get images of or stories of on the news and television, the internet, radio, etc. Oh, there's another mass shooting. There's another terrorist attack. There's another war. There's another place on the brink of war. That it becomes almost, I think, almost standard practice to sort of just build this wall that doesn't doesn't allow that pain of the other. to get under my skin. and into my heart. Another Tibetan teacher says, the spiritual warrior is, is always on the verge of tears. And I've added to that that the spiritual warrior is also always on the verge of laughter. That there seems to me to be something of this
shutting off of the pain that also relates to shutting off of the deep joy. I just started reading a book, um, I think it's called The Book of Joy, it's uh, Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. And I just read this section and, the, um, and they have a, a writer who's helping them, you know, putting this book together. And he says, he says, very often, very often I see Desmond Tutu in tears. But even more often, he's laughing. And I think we're being called by Jesus by the Buddhist monk in this other story, by the Eastern Orthodox monk in the third story, we're being called to figure out how to peel back the layers. How to peel back the hard exteriors so that we can feel. Because we can and we do. All of us have probably at times had that experience of someone else's joy. Something has happened with them, to them, that just brings such a joy to their lives and that we in compassion with the joy. Feel that. And can celebrate with them. And all of us have also had those times where someone else's pain, a pain that doesn't directly affect our separateness to the degree that there is any real separateness, but it seems to be apart from us, and yet their pain becomes our pain or at least some reverberation of their pain. What are we here for? Why read what some Eastern Orthodox monk over in Greece is thinking? Why read some crazy story of a dog and a welt and a monk from some outpost in Tibet? Why read some story of teachings of some 
spiritual leader in the Middle East from 2,000 years ago. I can't answer that question or those questions for anybody but me. <laughs> and I probably have different answers on different days or different levels of different answers, but I think part of it is I aspire to be a person who can look with compassion at another who is suffering. I aspire to be a person who can actually be of service to another. I aspire to be someone who really can feel pain that another feels. Even if that other happens to be a four-legged rather than a two-legged. I'm just some guy. What do I know? But I think, I think that's part of why we're here. I think we're called to grow beyond our own skin. I think we're called in this life to be something more than just these entities who care about ourselves. And I know that we have little moments when that happens. And it might just be for a short time. But whether we're doing that, trying to get more of that by just being a good secular person or being a good religious person, whether they're Hindu or Muslim or New Age or Buddhist or Christian or Jewish, or whether we just try and do that in our personal lives by just trying to be kinder, just trying to work more toward justice. But if we really are really trying to open that heart a little bit, to shed that skin a little bit so that we can really feel, I feel like that is 
a fundamental piece of why we're here. To have some little success at that. To be able to cry with another. And to be able to laugh with another. To be connected in our joy and in our pain. Personally, I think that's a big part of why we're here. homeless person begging for change, the stranger wanting to enter your neighborhood or your country, the prisoner accused of a violent crime. Can we even begin to see Jesus in them? An animal is hurt or in pain. Can we feel it? These practices of Christianity and Buddhism may seem far beyond our capabilities, and perhaps in this moment they are beyond our capacity but they are not beyond our potential. The Buddhist and Eastern Orthodox Christian monks engage in hours of daily prayer and meditation. We may not be ready to commit to hours of spiritual practice each day, but what might happen if we increase our prayer and meditation time just a bit? What might happen if we devote just a little additional time and spiritual practice this week to holding in our hearts the suffering of the naked, the stranger, the sick, the prisoner? What might happen if we also devote just a little spiritual practice time to holding the suffering of an animal that might be in great pain? I'm Michael Armalley, and you've been listening to Fresh Green Blessings, where we've been reading the Judeo-Christian Bible through a Buddhist lens with Mother of Eyes.